Welcome to the Ab Astra podcast. Today we have with us Professor Nicolas Welparo, um, who has been a researcher on the history of science, particularly in the medieval West. He um, is a professor at L'Ecole Pratique des Hautes Études, and he has been researching uh, a lot of um, subjects related to the history of astrology, magic, talismans, and uh, welcome, Professor. Welcome. So, um, could you tell us a little bit about um, your work and how it relates to the history of astrology, where it intercepts this, this area? Well, uh, when I was younger, I wrote a um, doctoral thesis on um, astral magic. That is... Um, astrological talismans. So that was uh, the door uh, to the, this discipline of astrology. I mean, uh, I was not uh, specifically working on uh, astrology, but on astral magic. Uh, then uh, my, my main uh, field of research was uh, the confrontation between uh, science and magic mm -hmm. because this was the main problem uh, raised by the issue of astrological talismans and now I am mostly working on uh, physical science physics mm -hmm. so less in astrology <laughs> So, I mean, this is difference between uh, my works and uh, the work of um, scholars as uh, David Just or Jean-Patrice Boudet, who are more uh, focused on the astrology, astrological techniques. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but anyway, when you study astral magic, it has this, it intercepts with astrology, even though your focus is not specifically astrology. The, the manufacturing of talismans is closely related, as far as I can understand, it's closely related to the choice of specific dates or specific configurations that would favor this, the talisman that, uh, that uh, was being manufactured. So, um, do you, did you, in your uh, doctoral thesis, did you address this, this point, the, the choice of dates? Yes, of course, because um, the, the astrological images or astrological talismans, what we call the scientia imaginum, the science of images, is generally um, located under this part of astrology, which is called the elections. Yes, yes. So naturally, we, we can say that the science of astrological talismans is part of astrology. Mm -hmm. It's a part, it's a subpart, it's a subdivision of the science of elections. But of course, <laughs> it's partly uh, astrological and partly magical. Mm -hmm. Partly magical. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, um, given the importance of um, astrological thought, in pre-modern times. I don't know how much uh, we can separate for someone who was at that time uh, manufacturing a talisman. This would come, I think, naturally, like uh, manufacturing the talisman physically and then thinking of the specific day to, to, to I don't know, to use the talisman or something. So it would be, it would be like, uh, as you said, an election. Um, electing or choosing the right date for an action, for mm -hmm. doing something, uh, in this case, a talisman. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, please, <laughs> go on. No, 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 it's, you, you're perfectly right. Um, in fact, there were in the Middle Ages some activities that were thought as uh, depending from the astrological time. This is specifically the case of astrological images. 
But if you take another example, in alchemy, it is not the case. Mm. Most of alchemists say that uh, you can do the operation, whatever, don't, don't you, you, you have not to take into account the surgical time. So it's, it's very specific. Uh, the, the, the astrology was very important in my um, in my topic because I was um, my my thesis was dealing with a specific kind of astrological talisman. These talismans, which were called astrological images, with brackets, mm -hmm. like the American do. <laughs> okay, because uh, this was a specific term. Mm -hmm to uh, build up an idea of a purely naturalistic talisman. I mean, a talisman which didn't imply uh, rituals calling from spirits, etc. So, if you want to make a naturalistic talisman, the way, the easiest way to justify is to, uh, to tell that this talisman depends from natural astral forces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, mm -hmm. it's in line with certain configurations. Mm -hmm. And uh, these talismans were uh, used for um, any, what kind of purposes, what kind of... Uh, goals were they used for well in fact you you have to well generally astrological talismans because this is you have to make the distinction between astrological talismans mm -hmm. which is a real practice and astrological image which is not a category coming from the magician's mind but from the intellectual mind you know yeah. it's sort of of an idea mm -hmm. of an ideal talisman which not really match with what you can find in the traditional um, uh, text related to the practice of astrological talismans. But to answer to your question, astrological talismans uh, had very different goals. You can destroy a city you can, uh, I don't know, you can make two people love each, each other. But when the category of astrological image were uh, coined, mm -hmm. I mean precisely in the middle of the 13th century in this book, which name is Speculum Astronomiae, mm -hmm. The Mirror of the Science of Stars, a book which were attributed to Albert the Good, but obviously it's not uh, Albertus Magnus books. Mm. This category was coined and later was used mostly by some physicians. So one of the aim, one of the aim, uh, I mean, an, an easy aim, uh, an acceptable aim was to cure some um, diseases, in particular, the seal of the lion, the with the seal with the figure of the sign of the lion, uh, was uh, used against kidney stones. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, if you want, in, in an academic milieu, if you want to defend uh, um, a licit talisman, mm -hmm. you can say, well, uh, students, you can, you can do these talismans to destroy your enemy. No, <laughs> the, the, the only aim that was... Mm -hmm. Medicine. Yeah, medicine. Of course. Yes, yeah. medical, medical purpose. Medical thing. Yeah, medical is was always a, a, a medical practices was always a way to to safe way to a safe way <laughs> to, to present. Yes, uh, but in fact, uh, uh, as I noticed, this was an empirical 
slightly used. I, I mean, scholastic medicine is very rational and very it's a Galenic frame. So there are few examples mm. of this, but it's not. Uh, we we cannot say that uh, the scholastic medicine was magical. That's that's mm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, I was curious. Um, does this part of teaching of the images appears in the regular teaching of astrology at this time, um, if we can call it that? So, in the, in, the, in the context of an academic a university, would this be part of the curriculum, or be would be something a little bit on the side? If you understand my question. Now, in fact, uh, the problem is, were there really? an official teaching of astrology in the Middle Ages. That is another another problem. In in France, probably not. There was probably some specific lessons, extraordinary lessons on the Centilocium of Pseudo-Ptolemy. But mm-hmm. as Jean-Patrice Boudet has, uh, has said, uh, even the College of Maître Gervais were, was not really a college for astrologers. In Italy, the, the situation was probably quite different. I mean, more um, probably astrology was more um, more efficient in the in the, the curriculum. But anyway, uh, no, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that there was a teaching on astrological talisman at university. Of course not. Mm-hmm. What I ha- what I have found, it's the the allusion to this practice is incidental mm-hmm. in some treatises of astrology, but very incidental. Mm-hmm. Or uh, in the works by physicians, also very, I mean, punctual. I don't know the term in English. Very um, mm-hmm. occasional. Uh, occasional. Very occasional. You can find the first, as, I, as far as I know, the first physician who did mention uh, this uh, seal of lion was Arnold Villanova mm. at the beginning of the 14th century. And uh, we know that he made use of this specific talisman to cure uh, Pope uh, Boniface VIII from his kidney ache and in his treatises there are few allusions and it's very specific i mean he he used um, uh, an, an hermetic text but he gives an explanation he suggests an explanation which is purely naturalistic mm-hmm. so it's explanation by the concept of a specific form and occult property we will tell about this if you want but so but it's so it's you know this is it's very important because these few examples of use of astrological talismans don't lead us to the conclusion that magic, that medicine was irrational or magic, mm-hmm. but just the contrary, that there were very few. And when they were here, they were encapsulated in a conceptual and rationalistic frame, mm-hmm. very strong. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yes. it, that is very interesting. It, yeah. it, it, uh, it, it's a bit like uh, astrology, the, what we, we study from uh, pre-modern astrology. It is not only natural, but also it has a logic of its own. It has its own cohesion, mm-hmm. and it explains itself mm-hmm. by rules that, if you understand, you can you can understand mm-hmm. the rules. It's not just something that happens. Yes, so yeah. I, I guess magic follows the same rationale or in similar. This, in this, this yes. because I, I was I was I was thinking as you as you were talking, um, it is true that that most books on astrology, if if we go and and make it like the the main books on astrology, very very few have a section on on talisman or images. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 
usually it's outside it's a special book uh, mm -hmm. uh take it's a subject like it on its own so yeah so i yes. so the teaching would more or less follow i would think the same structure uh, you can imagine that astrology was was not of course was not condemned in the middle ages but uh, there were there were three uh, three things an astrologer couldn't do if he want if he don't want it if he didn't want to have some problems with trouble with the church yeah. if you want to be for an old age yeah, see. <laughs> uh, of course the freedom of will the omnipotence of God and the third one was the mixing astrology and nigromancy mm -hmm. practice so if an astrologer want to be uh, have an authority seem serious it was a bit dangerous <laughs> to speak of this practice <laughs> which were magics because it's not the problem of astrologer astrology mainly aims to predict the future or to find hidden uh, things but this is different the talismans are not predictive talismans they are uh, it's it's action it's to cure to destroy yes. so it's different category it's not astrology in fact it's it's outside the aim the general aim of astrology so why an astrologer would take this risk for something which was outside its own his own field mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yes yeah because it would be it would be um, very serious it would be a very serious accusation one thing i remember is that uh, when uh, some books talk about the four main branches of astrology revolutions of the year nativities interrogations or questions and elections and then sometimes they separate within elections they really completely separate the talismans as something else yes. and yes. this is probably what which is part of elections as you said uh, but a separate it, part of elections even it's it's yes. put apart it's it's quite interesting in fact there was there was a debate in the middle ages between theologians uh, around this concept of astrological image just to give you an example great example thomas aquinas was was strongly opposed to this concept mm -hmm. albert the great was in favor of this um, was more of the of the seal mm -hmm. and uh, so i don't think there were condemnation i don't know condemnation of the use of astrological talisman but of course uh, there was this idea in the speculum astronomiae that you can use this talisman if there are no uh, no rituals no signs mm -hmm. addressed to mm -hmm. a spiritual entity I what see. i have called the addressative addressativity in, Fran mm -hmm. in french disnativity uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a word i have coined to tell this Mm -hmm. if uh, the if you write words if you tell uh, words you are telling to someone mm -hmm. who is this someone with hearing you and with helping you mm. in the magical operation of course a spirit and a spirit. in a theological framework a demon mm -hmm. yeah. angels yeah. would not commit in such private aims mm. so if you want to build a purely naturalistic practice you have to build a non-addressative model mm -hmm. a non-addressative pattern okay. and precisely as i have said a natural astral force was a good tool to explain this power without any reference to uh, any spirit 
any yeah, familiar so a su supernatural entity of some sort. So it would know. provide a safe explanation, an accepted explanation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for for the use of these talismans. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. In, and and, and, and it, we can see more or less that line of thought going into the early modern period as well, because then they have a lot of experimentations on the influence of the planets and the natural magic, always in the scientific point of view. It's not a magical, their natural no magic spirits. is not magic yeah. in the sense, perhaps the medieval mm -hmm. sense, but it's more of a natural, trying to collect natural forces by means yeah. of these tools. In fact, uh, the, the general frame was very clear in the Middle Ages. This concept of addressativity was very clear, but the things become more confused during the Renaissance. I mean, uh, at the end of the 14th century, mm. there are few magicians very well built who, who wrote treatises where the boundaries mm -hmm. were, <laughs> were, um, were not so clear. And of course, with the De Vita of Marcillo, by Marcillo Ficino, it's another, it's another word. Mm -hmm. The concept of addressativity is completely perverted and subverted by the Neoplatonistic uh, views mm -hmm. where something can act uh, on something by a relation of sympath by sympathetic uh, um, sympathetic uh, uh, relationships mm -hmm. so uh, you have a kind of model where even the words can be in a way uh, be so naturalistic but of course the spirits are part of nature so yeah. everything <laughs> is going is going very confused middle yeah. ages is very clear <laughs> when it comes to renaissance or renaissance spirit it becomes a bit we see the same in our studies in astrology uh, middle ages well there's middle ages it's the middle ages but it, we can follow like a, a line and we understand and then everything explodes mm -hmm. and not necessarily for the better because it sometimes becomes a bit more confusing it's exactly the same with astrology um, I have a very basic question that I would like to ask you. It's really a basic question. Uh, these talismans, were they written in paper or parchment? Um, the reason I ask is because I have, um, I have seen some manuscripts talking about talismans, and some of them are very clear that the, the, those images are like something that we write. Some of them, probably other kinds of talismans, they talk about some molding or status so how would they uh, what was the physical aspect of these talismans that's a good question there are uh, different kinds of talismans we have three-dimensional talismans statues mm -hmm. this is the talisman described by, by a very important text the de imaginibus by sabit ascribed to the um, Sabian astronomer, mm -hmm. astrologer, Fabit Bankura. Mm -hmm. This text is very important because it's the only text that the author of the, of the Speculum Astronomiae can find to exemplify his ideal category of a talisman without any rituals. Mm -hmm. You see? You see? There are Basically, the Speculum Astronomiae say we have three kinds of images. Abominable, that is hermetic uh, images. Detestable, this is Solomonic images. And astrological images. A purely, a purely astrological. They only take, they only take their power from the stars. And the only text you can find to exemplify this category, which is the category which was born in his own mind, <laughs> is the uh, De Magnibus by ascribed to Sabit Bankura. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, it, well, 
in these lines there are some problem but it's not a problem you know so it's mm-hmm. it's a purely intellectualized in, in intellectual category mm-hmm. in this text which is described are not seals there are statuettes statues uh, molded yes you write uh, if you want to make two people love each other you represent a man and a woman you you put uh, you put them uh, together mm-hmm. you bury them so it's talisman three dimensional if you want to if you want to repel scorpions you you make a, a statue of the scorpions that is you represent the goal the aim mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. this is the first kind but there are another kind of talismans which are used in medicine that that are seals mm-hmm. seals of gold or another metal the example the seal of lion mm-hmm. is to be impressed in july when the lion is in the sky and it's it's, it's different it's, it's the same we can we can see that there are two uh, different kind of astrological image because they but it's different mm-hmm. and as you noticed in the seal of lion it's not the aim which is represented mm-hmm. but the source the alleged source of the power mm-hmm. so there's two kinds now are there talisman written that leads me to another question what is a talisman i would define but it's a category i i choose to define i choose this term i am not alone i think that brian capenaver uh, did the same uh, use a talisman i would define every artificial object endowed with magical power that's the difference between uh, a talisman and an amulet an amulet we could say but it's a choice it's a lexical choice mm-hmm. that an amulet it's a purely natural part of body you know um, for instance uh, a piece of stone mm-hmm. natural do amulets are not magic they are marvelous natural uh, wonderful natural powers so mm-hmm. that would be if you accept this definition you, you you have the right not to to discuss this category but mm-hmm. we can see uh, in um, solomonic magic for instance some drawings mm-hmm. which obviously can be seen as kind of talisman in this way because it's an artificial object or drawing with power mm-hmm. i don't know if i really answer your question but you see that no. <laughs> in in this direction you can see different kinds so uh, uh, three dimensional seals and maybe uh, only writing but mm-hmm. it's not really the tradition i have seen only writing in general in the astrological talisman i have seen it's not real the key maybe there are some few examples but a uh, few examples but the talisman i've seen are statuettes figures three-dimensional figures and seals mm-hmm. yes you mm-hmm. did answer my question mm-hmm. and you did also raised other questions <laughs> <laughs> this is a good answer the, the the answer that gives uh another another question but uh, this this is a field that we mm-hmm. could just yeah. go on forever. And, and are there many, uh, that's something got me curious, are yeah. there many examples, yes, uh, archaeological uh, examples, so museum examples of this of these practices? As far as I know, well, that depends. If you are talking about purely astrological image, mm-hmm. it's impossible to know <laughs> if they were magic or not, because yeah. logically, yeah, you have are. only a figure of a lion, so... Yeah, you don't know. We, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But we know, for instance, that in the testament of Arnaldo de Villanova, there were some uh, seals with lions. So it's it's not an archaeological testimony, but an indirect testimony. Mm-hmm. In fact, what we 
No, now it's there are some astrological seals, but not astrological images. Astrological seals with inscriptions. So mm. they are not theologically. They are not astrological uh, uh, seals. Deriving from um, a text, a magical text prescribed, wrongly prescribed to Arnaldo Villanova, the De Sigilis, a text probably from the 15th century, which was used by Agrippa of Netsheim. Mm. And we, uh, we know uh, two talismans, but they probably... Um, were, they were probably made in the 16th century. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we, if someone has discovered a, a talisman, a surgical talisman in the Middle Ages. I don't know. Okay. Okay. And uh, um, I'm still curious about <clears throat> the usages, the, the different usages. Uh, what was, if you can remember, the more uh, curious. Um, or interesting or strange um, purpose that uh, you found in this talisman. Well, you have in uh, in a text uh, ascribed wrongly ascribed to Ptolemy the Opus Imaginum. Well, the author of the Speculum Astronomiae told. There are one text I know, which is purely astrological. Maybe a second one, the second one, the, the one text is Fabit de Imaginimus. The second one may be the Opus Imaginum by Ptolemy, Theodo Ptolemy. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure <laughs> about this second one. So in this text, you can, uh, a funny talisman, uh, <laughs> it's a talisman you, you make, you, you bury, you know, in, in the way, and when, uh, uh, well, uh, maybe w w when a lady comes, she will, <laughs> she, she will uh, leave all their, uh, all her, um, uh, I, well, she, <laughs> uh, she'll, I don't know, I don't know the, as I say, it's, Hmm. She she will become nude. Okay, <laughs> this, is, this is you can see the the, the fantasma <laughs> of uh, this magician. So it was buried in the in the oh, away, yes. and whenever a woman would go by, she would be. <laughs> okay, that's a very that's a very interesting talisman. <laughs> I hope I hope they use it only in summer because otherwise. <laughs> During the winter, it would be very cruel for the lady. <laughs> and, um, well, it is, it, it is, uh, I would like to test that one. <laughs> is there also a feminine version for men? <laughs> well, I, I remember, I, I asked, um, yeah, I'm not sure, so you can cut this <laughs> if it's wrong, because I'm not sure, but I, I wonder if Jean-Patrice Boudet didn't find something about uh, an Arabic version and Latin version. In the Latin version, he was an heterosexual uh, talisman. In Arabic version, a homosexual uh, talisman. <laughs> 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 so, Very modern. <laughs> find it. Okay, so multi-use then. Multi-use, yes, very good. <laughs> it's a very um, <coughs> versatile technology. <laughs> yes, but I don't think it was this text. It was another text in the Picatrix. I mean, maybe mm. in, the, in the Latin, in the Latin and Arabic Picatrix. But you, you can ask a direct directly to Jean-Patrice Boudet. I, I yes, think yeah. you, you, you've, you have told with him recently. Yes, we have. We, we have. have. Yeah. It was very, very nice. Yeah, we have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, do you have more? <laughs> yes, uh, I would like to ask you now, perhaps something different. Uh, uh, well, I was, I was enjoying this talisman, it was very good. <laughs> but something different, perhaps uh, more related to your, your, your career in, in teaching. Um, how do you see, um, this is a question that we've been asking a lot, but how do you, as an historian of science, um, 
how do you see the role of the history of astrology uh, and the importance of the history of astrology in, in, in the understanding of uh, ancient science, uh, medieval science? Ah, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very important. Uh, it's, uh, well, but the problem is how to define astrology. Mm -hmm. uh, generally, as um, Alain de Libera and others told, we can make the distinction between uh, the astral influence, I mean the, the etiological side of astrology, mm -hmm. the idea that uh, the stars, the planets, the spheres have an influence on Earth, which is obviously a premise that almost all medieval philosophers and theologians share. Mm -hmm. And the second, but astrology means something else. It means the capacity of human being to read the stars, mm -hmm. the signs of uh, hidden or future things. Mm -hmm. And if many, uh, well, almost all the medieval authors would admit the etiological part, that the idea that, but it's not astrology, mm -hmm. the idea of the influence. They are not they they are, they are not all fond of astrology. If you see, uh, for instance, uh, Thomas Aquinas, of course, Thomas Aquinas. It's very important this this idea of the influence of the spheres, but he's not very interested by astrology. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's different between Thomas Thomas Aquinas and his friend and master Albert the Great, for mm -hmm. instance. Recently. Um, uh, a young uh, searcher, um, which is, was my PhD uh, candidate, uh, Maria Sorokina, wrote a very long PhD, more than 1,000 pages, mm. on the, the debate among theologians uh, concerning the, the celestial influence. Well, that would be very mm. interesting. Mm. Is it published? I, the book will be published at Bre in Breples in uh, I think I hope in autumn. Oh, good! I hope it's a very important book, yeah. and uh, she convincingly argue that this uh, this the, the issue of inf astral influence was a very were sort of. Uh, stimulating tool mm -hmm. to to the progress of science or to evolution of scientific thoughts. So it's, I think it's an important, mm. very important book. It is. We, it is. we will be looking forward yes. to, to reading it. Okay. Yes. Because, because can... one of the things that uh, uh, well, I've been researching uh, basically, uh, and I'm still in, in, the, in the process of the PhD at this point, which is the, the Jesuits and their uh, relationship to astrology and, and how they, they relate and how they teach it and how they reject it and all that dynamics. And I was always curious uh, exactly of why hadn't anyone still made a work where, where you have analyzed, where you analyze this question, the difference between celestial influence, how this is accepted, to which point is it practiced? So it, uh, it's very good news uh, to see that she has addressed that topic, which is quite good. Yes, yes. yeah, we'll be we'll be attentively yes. looking for yes. the book. You can tell her that <laughs> she already has two readers. Exactly. Yes. Most of the uh, the objections to astrology from Thomas Aquinas, if I read, if I understood him correctly, relate to the uh, exercise of free will or yes. the negation of free will. He was very, very worried about this. And actually, it is interesting to see how the idea of astrology uh, develops in a Christian society or in mm -hmm. a monotheistic society or in a polytheistic society such as India or other <laughs> other branches where um, there's not really a problem with free yeah. will. So there is this 
different uh, scenarios no. where astrology develops. There are certain questions that do not they come are not up asked, as a problem. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. There was a, a solution with the theory of inclination. The, the, mm -hmm. This theory was but Anyway, um, I think that uh, you can find very few things about astrological techniques in Thomas Aquinas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was mainly concerned with free will and yes. the power of God mm -hmm. because he was a theologian, so yeah. that was his yeah. concern. And, and I think um, because uh, his text was um, quite important to allow a certain permissibility of the practice of astrology later mm -hmm. on, particularly in the 16th and the, and the, and the 17th century, um, he is usually seen from that perspective as someone who is more favorable to astrology. But in fact, as you were saying, uh, if you read the text, he's not, not at all favorable. Happy. He just yeah. allows that there are some things that can be known through to the natural influence uh, of the celestial bodies. But he limits that very, if you compare the whole practice of astrology and what he allows, what he allows is a very narrow band of practice. In fact, uh, I think, it's one of my ideas, uh, the Summa Theologia or the Summa Contra Gentiles mm -hmm. are exhaust, he has an exhaustive approach. So he's very rigorous, he's very serious. He say, it's very difficult to say something is strictly impossible mm -hmm. so you say well you say no 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 what it of course even finally if you could say that mm -hmm. it's the same with a very strange section concerning astrological images in the summa contra gentiles mm. in all the works of thomas aquinas the idea of astrological image is strongly rejected mm -hmm. but there was few lines at the end of chapter one uh, 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 it was 105 of the third book of contra gentiles it's an argumentation against magic mm -hmm. he rejected magical words, magical image, but they, at the very end they say, what could say, one could say that uh, if you, if you make an image, you give quasi forma substantialis, forma specifica, quasi. And so this image would, would have this, uh, this power, mm -hmm. but if you add some writing, some rituals, it's not natural. Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, the promover, the 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 promover, the the partisan uh, supporter, supporters of magical astrology, of, of astral magic, <laughs> so that and say, <laughs> you see, Thomas Aquinas is defending. <laughs> of course, it's not his aim. It's only because it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. I, I would say in a modern way, it's like you. I don't believe in, I don't believe in, in UFO in general, but can you exclude <laughs> that? Make the demonstration that the book I see, it's not a UFO. Can mm -hmm. you demonstrate? Of course, if you have all the possibility, we'll say, well, eventually you can say it's, yeah. it's this kind of idea. You are trying but to be very rigorous. Yes. And the strange thing that... Uh, Silvestri de Ferrara, de Ferrara, which is a Dominican commentator of the Summa Contra Gentiles, mm -hmm. but in the 15th century, interprets these lines by Thomas Aquinas like a real concession mm. in favor of historical images. But I think I am more Dominican than Dominicans, <laughs> because I think it was not the uh, main idea of Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we read, we really need to read the text in yes. in its full. Otherwise, we, if we just read one line, yeah, we get it the gets wrong out idea. of context and yeah. the reality comes out. Yes, it's uh, yeah. it's interesting uh, because uh, um, 
it's, it's interesting because we're seeing here, we've been discussing this uh, in the Christian context, of course, in the medieval and even the Renaissance Christian context, where you have all this, uh, you can't do this and you can't do this and you have restrictions, uh, while in other, in other contexts we don't have these strictures. So it's, the, the problems are, other, are of other kind and it's, it's quite, uh, quite interesting how, how, how in this case religion and in the case of the talismans and astrology uh, to a certain point, our religion shaped a lot of how the, the concept uh, um, of science or in this mm -hmm. case of a knowledge of a discipline is shaped and molded to a certain direction yeah. and not to others. In, in fact, yeah. in fact, uh, most of the, uh, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but most of the objections in Europe, in Christianity, are, uh, it's not about whether astrology works or not in itself, it's whether astrology is licit or illicit. If we can do it, if we can do it um, from the perspective of religion if is it licit to do it or not mm -hmm. then when we come to a later time later time like um pico de la mirandola and other people they would object if it really works it's a different different way when we go to another civilization like india they don't worry about that they just well they just uh, practice it in a, in a different mindset I, probably but you're partly right, I would say, for Middle Ages, but I don't know, because uh, the theologians argue also in the, from, uh, from a philosophical point of view. Oh, mm -hmm. I see. I that see. means that uh, they try to understand if really uh, stars can have power <laughs> on human mind, you know, so it's not only oh, illicit or mind. illicit, it's... Uh, it's it's also the capacity of the power of a star because the hierarchy of powers human soul are stronger than uh, an influence so, so it's not only a question of licit or illicit they, also they, they, they they would say that it's like in in astrological images mm -hmm. if these talismans are scientifically grounded have a scientific basis therefore they are licit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If there are no scientific basis, they are illicit. And of course, there is an example before um, Pico della Mirandola is Niccolo Rem in the 14th century. Is Questio contra Divinatores uh, is an argumentation built on essentially scientifically, I mean, natural philosophy, physical mm -hmm. arguments. More than astro more than theological is from a philosophical point of view he says that uh, astrology is wrong scientifically that it does not match with the aristotelian uh, principles mm -hmm. and uh, he criticized the one of the concessions of thomas aquinas thomas aquinas told that but it was even in this kind of concession at the end of a question in thomas aquinas say of course astrology doesn't doesn't work you can you cannot make prediction of individual human human beings but when there are crowds the crowd most of people doesn't follow their rational mm -hmm. Uh, thought they follow their passions so statistically astrology is right because people live like live live like animals you know mm -hmm. and this point is criticized by Nicolo Rennes mm -hmm. because they say no 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 <laughs> we, we it's wrong because of course you, you can say that uh, uh, people follow their passions so if they follow passion the body the astral act on body so the idea of inclination you can explain so uh, through the inclination thomas aquinas opened the door for naturalistic astrology it's, uh, pierre dailly uh, is, is using this concession of <laughs> thomas aquinas very very deeply mm -hmm. uh, I, I was working on pierre dailly astrology when before my phd but 
So it's very clear. But Nicolaim said, no, no, it's, it's completely, it's, it's wrong because, you know, many people drink and they do not need to drink. Their body, they, they, they are not thirsty and they drink, drink wine, wine, wine. So it's oh, a proof that <laughs> it's not, uh, this, this pattern doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So he, he goes very, very, goes very far in the mm-hmm. criticize of astrology. In the, and uh, after him, um, Heinrich von Longerstein, mm-hmm. it's also uh, a very important uh, critic of astrology on scientific philosophical basis not only on theological um, precepts, prescriptions. That's very interesting, the, the relation between accepting astrology from the, the religious perspective, if we can provide a, a scientific yes. uh, basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, if not, it will not be accepted. So it had, had to be natural. Mm-hmm. And yes. that would give mm-hmm. uh, rise to this idea of natural or judicial and everything. That is kind of a, I would say, an artificial distinction. Yes. Uh, but because, uh, but yeah, the, the 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 idea is here that is very very interesting. Well, for me, is that if you can provide a natural explanation, therefore that's fine. Some of them would say, like the, the little door, as you said, that Thomas Aquinas opened in the end of the sentence, some of them just shut the door and that's nobody, <laughs> it doesn't work. So we, we have a little um, of everything, in, mm-hmm. even in the Middle Ages, as you just said. Uh, and the, the interesting thing is that astrology was never, it never ceased to be discussed. It's something that people discuss. Uh, or whether they accept it or reject it or accept it partially or reject it partially. We can see that also. But it's always under uh, discussion, I would say. So it's one of the interesting parts, sometimes for its licitude, sometimes for its techniques, sometimes for both. So it's always kind of, uh, it never settles. There are some areas of knowledge, some sciences that uh, just settle they evolve of course but they, they are just they are what they are and people go back to astrology to discuss it to discuss its origins its functionality its essence everything so it's always like in turmoil <laughs> it's one yes. of the interesting parts of this of this novel. that's fine they, it it wasn't settled nor conceptually nor neither institutionally mm-hmm. yes yes mm-hmm. i think it never was <laughs> It, it, it almost fits in a category of its own regarding other, other disciplines of knowledge. Uh, it's always there and it's a connected to astronomy, of course, but it's always in, in its own pocket. Uh, <laughs> I, I, can I be a bit polemical? You, you can cut it if you... <laughs> Nowadays, if you see the scholars who are studying astrology, you may discover that quite a great part of them are actually believing in astrology. It's, it's not my case. I, I, do not, I don't believe in astrology. But that doesn't interfere their analysis. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I will not give any name, of course, but you have great historian of astrology who believes in astrology, but the work is very, are very scientific. That means that you, you, you have this, uh, this ambiguity even now mm-hmm. in the field of the research on astrology. It yes. will remain forever. It's one of the uh, characteristics of this topic. Yes. So, so uh, I mean, I, I don't believe in astrology, but I am not racist. I mean, I have a good friends <laughs> who believe <laughs> in astrology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, it is. Um, um, and I think then there's um, there's also sometimes a discussion if someone who knows astrology and who works with astrology is more able to analyze or to understand certain practices or certain documents or certain evidences that they found than someone who is off outside and probably has some difficulty. So there's a, a whole dynamics. But as you said, there has been 
a lot of very good astrological history of astrology, good scientific work being done by people who were actually practitioners or at, at least that do they believe or they, they practice the, the subject. So um, it is always a way, uh, I think, when we slipped into academia to do a proper scientific historical objective. analysis, objective critical, historical analysis yeah. in this case. People have to have critical thought, yeah, to produce, whatever they do. To produce proper science. And it is, it is a, a, an interesting um, clash <laughs> between, uh, between beliefs, uh, ways of seeing, uh, seeing the world. Yes. I would say as people know how to you know, wear different hats. Yes. In academia, we use the, the hat of academics. In the other part, we use. I, I also have a joke about this normally because I say, um, if the uh, person is a scholar and practices astrology, well, that's fine. If a person is a scholar of the story of cannibalism, and secretly, that would be much more. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> no, I, I have, I have no friend. Far. No friends, cannibals. No, no friends. No, no. <laughs> no. no I think uh, some topics are more safe than others to, <laughs> to practice. <laughs> no, I always have this joke because people people tell about this. Uh, people talk about this. Some academics that actually practice. Mm -hmm. And I also heard this about alchemy, for instance. Mm -hmm. Some people who study the history of alchemy and, and practice, or the history mm -hmm. of magic, magic and yes. are, are also practitioners. Well, but we, with, uh, with the salary of an academic, it's very hard <laughs> to be alchemist because... Yes. Unless yes. you actually found something valuable. <laughs> unless you can turn things yeah, into... Unless, oh, unless that would be, that would be fine. <laughs> no more, no more grants, no more. <laughs> but uh, I think I always say, well, that's, that's relatively mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. innocent. If we go to the history of cannibalism, then we have to be <laughs> worried about that. Yeah, yeah but it, it is interesting to, to, to see uh, in, the, in, the, in the way that the, the discipline of the history of astrology has uh, progressed, that we have, I would say, for the most part of the 20th century, uh, people trying to talk about the history of astrology, but doing a, an incredible effort to convince others that they don't really believe in it. And they and, need to do it. And there's this <laughs> detachment that you see constantly in text, especially uh, the older ones. And now uh, things have shifted in a way that it, it's called completely the way around. And um, even you have people who do practice astrology and they're trying to see, well, yes, but there here is a, a study which is clear and, and academic and, and proper. And it, it is a, a different, it, it's a completely different shift in the way uh, people are studying. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it will always be like kind of a polemic topic. And it is, this is part of its, uh, that's what makes it interesting also. Mm -hmm. It's kind of never, never completely settled. Mm -hmm. And I think it will be like that. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we covered a lot of. We covered uh, a lot of very topics, interesting. Exactly. I, I can I can find something because you the question you ask about uh, the lady or man who become oh. nude. Yes, I, I can find the the um, just wait. <laughs> this before. Oh no, I did a mistake. It's a man who becomes nude. Oh, okay. so this is very interesting <laughs> for a lot of uh, public. It's probably or... my phantasm, but what's not the phantasm <laughs> of, the, of the book, because the idea is here, yes, it's a man. So no nude ladies, <laughs> only nude men. Nude oh. men, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, we, maybe we could... Um, uh, find the, an image uh, of the talisman and show it. <laughs> Reverse engineering. <laughs> uh, in, the, in the second decan of the sign of Scorpio, oh. you make an image of the nude man. Mm -hmm. You bury it in the middle of the way. 
And when a, a male person, a man, uh, will come, he will become nude. He will become nude. So when they say on in the second decan of Scorpio, it's probably when the moon is in the second decan of Scorpio. It's it's very. Uh, I have as a text here. I have just a summary of uh, because uh, I quote this text in a little book, so uh, I have not. Uh, I, I can I can manage to find the the source, but well, I have to make fun. some uh, investigation okay. in my library. So it's a bit long, but mm. but yes. Well, we can try this here because we live in a very busy street <laughs> and we can see if it works. <laughs> and now it's summer, so it's okay. Exactly. It's okay. That's no, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Professor, thank you very much. It was a lovely conversation and very interesting topics that, that we, we got here and a lot of, a lot of interesting um, ideas, ideas and, and thoughts about uh, this, all these studies and how they can go and all the different perspectives that, that clash and we have to be aware of when, when studying the topic. Uh, and uh, well, uh, we, we hope to see you uh, at some other times, uh, perhaps to discuss a little bit more these curious <laughs> and strange <laughs> um, Examples of the past images, and thousands yeah. and images. And well, thank, thank you for your questions. <laughs> anyway, and it was a pleasure to, to have you as our guest. So thank you, and uh, we may uh, see each other again very soon. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.